This is a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com. This week, we're learning about the Royal Society Young People's Book Prize 2020, a short list of six books, uh, some of the best young people's science books of the year. It's been decided by a whole load of absolute geniuses, and one of those is Professor Mike Kendall. He is a geophysicist, he is a fellow of the Royal Society, and he's on the line with us now. Hey, Mike. Hi, Dan. How are you? Yeah, very well. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, I'm looking at the names of some of these books, um, and I know because I've spoken to a few people for the show, people like Professor Barry Marshall, he's in there with How to Win a Nobel Prize. Um, Talk to us very quickly about your role as a scientist in trying to decide just some of the best uh, science books for young people of the year. Yeah, it's been a a very interesting uh, uh, procedure. I mean, obviously, we're trying to decide from a a really broad selection of books that I, I really have to emphasize are re- generally really, really good. So it's a difficult task. It's also difficult because we're adults trying to decide what uh, younger kids would really like to read. But um, the idea is to take it down to uh, a short list and then we meet as a group and decide on which one is a bit different um, and maybe uh, presented in a way that hasn't, you know, it's been unconventional. We're really interested in books that might attract a much broader range of um, kids' interest, you know, to get interested in science. So how many science books were you presented with at the point? And then you've whittled it down to to six, and then I know that uh, a lot of kids all around the country are going to decide the best ones. How many were you presented with? Well, we started, I I started with, I think it was 104, something on that that order, and we had to get down to a a long, long list, uh, which got was down to about 50. And then the uh, each judge was then told to shortlist their 12 best, the ones they thought would be the favorites. And then when we got together, we had to distill um, that down to a final six. And that, it was quite an interesting procedure because you'd think, well, there'd be some commonality in the 12 that we picked or we chose, but there wasn't. There was often disagreements and it was really fun just to sort of argue about, well, this book's better for this reason and this one's better for this reason. So it was a very really enjoyable experience and because the quality of the books was so so good and there's so many of them um, it was quite challenging but we're happy with the six that we we reduced it to how much have you noticed when you had those initial 100 or so books some similarities and some themes with the general topics do these things tend to come about in 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 waves at the moment quite rightly everyone's quite focused on the climate um uh, and and i also i see a book here in the short list uh, it's about the wonderful world of your microbiome i've heard quite a lot about a microbiome this year do you tend to notice these ideas popping up uh, quite often mike yeah, there's, there's definitely trends in, um, so there was a lot this year on uh, plastics, um, and, and and you're right, there's been an increase in books about, about climate and stuff. Uh, always, uh, books about space are very popular, uh, especially with as big space missions um, um, come into, into fruition, so it can vary quite a bit. It doesn't necessarily mean, though, because the book's topical, doesn't mean it, it's well-written or going to be necessarily chosen. Now, if it's all right with you, there are six books. Can we just run through them and you give us like a little short, very short summary and a blurb of each one? Yeah, okay. So the first uh, one, uh, this is by Katie Brosnan. It's Gut Garden, A Journey into the Wonderful World of Your Microbiome. 
Yeah, now th this is a, a fascinating book. Um, it, it talks about microbiomes and viruses are in that category. And, uh, you, you know, as we all know right now, uh, viruses are very important and can be actually beneficial, but they can also be very harmful. And uh, I think what's interesting about this book, it really shows how the, the complexity and, and um, uh, how uh, complicated the, this this world of, of, of biomes, microbiomes are. And in fact, in the book, it points out there's more sort of uh, microbiomes and viruses in your body than there are cells and by, by, by orders of magnitude. Um, and and I think it what's interesting about this book is the type of book that probably couldn't have been written 10, 20 years ago because we our knowledge of this subject is moving so quickly. And as you pointed out, it's something that we're hearing more and more about, you know, how these are so important for digestion and healing ourselves and how we operate day to day. It's amazing, isn't it? How we're always finding out new things, especially about digestion. You would have yeah. thought that might've been something that we locked down ages ago. <laughs> I remember from yoga adverts on the telly to, and, and they would talk about how they've got all this good bacteria in there and now we're learning actually maybe that's not the case and it's this microbiome that you need to think about. Uh, yeah. All of that just amazes me that we keep learning these things. Yeah, this book even speculates, you know, looks at recent research that says what your appendix might be doing and why, you know, because we always thought that wasn't really a useful organ, but it, it may in fact play some sort of role. <laughs> it turns out it's useful after all. Um, Perhaps. Right, the next book is, uh, is, is, is by Libby Deutsch, uh, illustrated by Valpuri Cotilla. Uh, it's The Everyday Journeys of Ordinary Things. The title is really hooking me in for this one, Mike. Tell us more. Yeah, this, this, I, I love these type of books. I mean, as a kid and even now as an adult, I love watching a TV show that shows you how something's made, you know, something you might use day to day, uh, you know, like you might get a carton of milk out of the uh, fridge and just going back to, you know, <laughs> the journey from a cow, you know, feeding on grass to your fridge is quite fascinating. And it talks about all sorts of things like that, you know, how the internet works, uh, how GPS, you know, how you know where you are with your phone or your watch. Um, how mail is is distributed, you know how you know the whole process, and I think it's really important because it 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 shows people really um, you know the implications, what has to happen for you to turn on that light switch or to get a piece of fruit out of the fruit bowl, and um, so it just it, it tracks the journey and shows actually really how amazing it is that many of these things work as efficiently and as well as they do. And if you thought that name hooked me in the name of the next one cats react to science fact it's by izzy howell um is it what it says on the tin <laughs> it is this this was a this was an interesting book this is a book we we discussed a lot the, the, as as judges as all because um um it was a book if you'd have told me shortlisted uh, when i first saw them i was like no no, never. I mean, it's just just pictures of cats uh, reacting to interesting facts. But actually, it's 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 really good. It has lots of um, good good uh, not only just interesting facts, but tries to explain to you a little bit about how things work, how the natural world works, um, and the cats just are you know there for amusement. And in the end, we agreed. Um, so one of the other judges, uh, she has younger children, and it was their favorite book. For example, uh, they just loved. Uh, you know, reading and learning, uh, using it. And then in the end, we thought, well, if, you know, some of these books are great, but they're going, only going to appeal to young children, kids, young adults who are interested in science already. And we wanted some books that would might hook people in that maybe were a bit intimidated by science or maybe not that interested in it. And I think this book does a great job of that. It makes lots of stuff, you know, about science and the natural world very, very interesting and accessible. 
now we, we, we spoke earlier on about how trends are quite important with books. Um, the next one is In the Key of Code. It's by Amy Lucido. Is that coding computer coding? Is it biological coding? Tell us more, Mike. It's it's computer coding. So this is a one of the we tried to pick a selection of books of different styles and types. And this one is is a novel. So it it's, it tells a story, and it's a very nice story. Uh, it's about a, a a young girl who who moves and starts a new school, and she's into music and and really has no no interest in coding or you know computer coding. Um, but sort of almost accidentally gets into this and makes a friend along the way and, you know, has a really good teacher. Um, and initially I sort of dismissed it as, you know, it's a nice book, it's interesting. But then actually as you read into the book and it goes on and on, it actually shows you the structure of coding and how it's sort of a very logical or what we'd say algorithmic. Um, and we felt this was a really good book because it showed, uh, um, you know, even if you're intimidated by it, it it's not that bad. And, and we we're hoping that it would encourage people that maybe felt, well, coding computers, not really for me, um, that actually, you know, it, it, it can be fun and, and it, it weaves, you know, aspects of coding in with music. And it's just, it's just a really nice story and, and very cleverly done. Now, more about the titles of these things. The next one is uh, is by Professor Barry Marshall. Uh, he's been on the show. He's he's a favourite of ours with uh, with Lorna Hendry as well. Illustrated by Bernard Kaleo, um, and the title it's hooked me in mainly because I know that a Nobel Prize is worth something like a million pounds. I think it's uh, <laughs> how to win a Nobel Prize. Um, tell us about this one, Mike. Yeah. So again, this is a book that's a, a bit of a story. And I, I must admit it initially, I thought, well, it'd be interesting, but I don't think it'd be that good. And and actually, as I read it, it, it it's brilliant. And actually, my whole family uh, read it, and it was our number one choice of, of my household. Uh, and it just basically is... What I like about it is it shows that there isn't a, a, a tried and proven route to getting a Nobel Prize. Sometimes these things come around... Uh, not so much accidentally, but you make discoveries you weren't looking for, and it just shows you the the what you know. For me, as a scientist, the real pleasure is you explore things because you're interested in them. Sometimes things work out in ways you didn't really expect, and uh, and and um, uh, it really describes that nicely. And, it, and it's basically a, a young girl. She she um, meets all these you know, now dead Nobel Prize winners because she can travel in time and stuff. Um, the other thing that's interesting about the book is the end of each chapter or section, there's a little experiment that you can do. And one of the ones I really loved was just how you can melt chocolate in a microwave. And based on how that works, you can estimate what the speed of um, the speed of light is. And, um, you know, lots of interesting things like that. So you're reading about these people's lives. You're also learning a lot about the actual physics or science behind behind their prizes it was really good now the last one on the shortlist it's it's got me very interested because of again because of the title but if you think in 2020 we've been stuck at home for quite a lot of it no one's really been rushed to do anything unless you're trying to make a vaccine you know people are, have been pretty chilled out this year uh, the book is astrophysics for young people in a hurry uh, it's by neil degrasse tyson uh, who is a world famous uh, scientist with jeffrey moan as well tell us about this one mike yeah th th this is another really good one and it's quite um different from the other ones that that we've we've talked about it, it really tells you it's like an introduction to astrophysics, but it, it is more than that. And actually, yeah, it doesn't, you know, the title being young for, for young people in a hurry is a bit 
misleading because it's you know you should take your time and savor it but it's just so well written and so well presented um i was saying to somebody recently i just love the uh the, the first sentence in the book is it says in the beginning nearly 14 billion years ago the entire universe was smaller than the period that ends this sentence so smaller than the full stop at the end of that sentence it's quite staggering facts but the, but he also he has little digressions which i love you know asides about you know the earth isn't exactly round it's an oblate spheroid it's slightly flattened uh, things about gravity and just sort of how astrophysics is you know the, this juncture between what newton thought and then what einstein's think you know discoveries and it's just really really well laid out really i've, I've heard um neil degrassi tyson speak at, at conferences before and he's he's a really good communicator and it's a it's a really good book so those are the six on the short list you've been in charge with with other people of, of putting these together but you're not going to decide the young the best book science book for young people of the year uh, how will that get figured out mike so so what the um the royal society does and and i should you know should i think the fact that the royal society runs this competition is, is excellent it's really um a, a great thing um they they will send um uh thousands of these books to uh children of the ages that they're intended you know between eight and 14. And then uh, because there's six quite different books in format, size, style, um, the idea is that the children will vote or the young adults will vote on which one they think is the best. And so it will be a by democracy, if you like. Um, and, and that recognizes the fact that maybe, you know, six adults aren't the best people to judge which one is actually the best one <laughs> well it's nice that you can say that mike listen um brilliant work i mean those the, they all sound fantastic i'm very excited to figure out uh who who people who readers declare is is the best book uh, professor mike kendall uh geologist ge geophysicist sorry and fellow of the royal society thank you so much for joining us on the show no problem thank you that was an interview from the fun kids science weekly podcast there's a new episode every week Find it wherever you're listening to this or ask your smart speaker to play the Fun Kids Science Weekly podcast. So that was a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com.